Hello, welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the fear of starting your own business. I am interviewing Nadia. Nadia's back. She came back from Idaho, for those of you who follow the podcast. And she still hasn't started her business yet, which, you know, I get. But I thought I would put her through a little therapy session. I kind of do this when I'm coaching with people. Um, Because I find out that 99.9% of the time, the reason that people have not gone after their dream of being an interior designer is because of fear. Mm -hmm. Fear controls us. It consumes us. It's in everything that we do, right? But you don't always realize how you're self-sabotaging. And the fear is what's keeping, the only thing that's keeping you from really being a successful designer. And I have a thousand different examples, but let's start off with Nadia. (laughs) Welcome back. Thank you. I know it's funny. I I definitely understand that. I am my own like worst um, critic and the person in the way. And it's even more bizarre knowing that like, I know I have the raw talent. I've been under you for almost two years. I have you, like you'll help me with everything. And I'm still so scared. And I just, I can't even like, I don't know. I just can't get over it. And I've been thinking about it. I've been trying to have like, um, read different kind of books or just things to just understand and get to the root of why am I so scared to start this? Like I rather fail knowing I tried rather than just not, but I just cannot bring myself to do it. And even then, like I have like my husband and Ilya who does a podcast who can help me with the website. Like I'm so blessed in that area. I can get like the filthiest things but I'm still scared. Everything's at my fingertips and I'm still freaking scared. It's just, it's so bizarre. And now I totally understand how other people feel because here, and I'm also like a creature of habits. So like when I came into work for you and like the store and the showroom, kind of the way that works, that business model, I love that. So for me to go out on my own and do something completely different when I like hate change, I love everything the same. Like, Oh, I order the same things at the same restaurants and coffee for years. So having to do this crazy, just like change in like the way, um, I would do business is so scary. Even yeah, if I have you, I'm just, I can't, I don't know. You're not afraid to change your hairstyle. Oh God. <laughs> I just got a wicked, wicked, horrendous haircut two days ago that I'm like crying about. So, <laughs> well, she's usually very conscientious of her hair. So that's why we can tease her. But so let's go back to you know, you, you're in the same position that a lot of people who listen to the podcast are, Mm -hmm. you know, you live in, well, you moved to a new town, so you're not familiar with the area. So that that's one check in your favor that yes, that can be very scary. But again, I've moved so many times and started my design business. That's why I coach. I've been there. You could do this, but so you know what your dream business is. Like, you know what you can imagine yourself. When you came to me the first time, you said, I want to have a design business where people seek me out. They come to me for my design talent. They, you know, I have a waiting list. They come and they want my talent. Has that changed as what you want? I think that's, I definitely know I want that. And I think that's also the biggest hurdle for me is I have to go seek out clients and seek out, um, connections, which I hate. And I'm like, even though I talk a lot and I'm super open and like honest, I'm like, I hate, she's very humble. (laughs) Kind of, not really, but I hate just meeting new people and I hate like putting myself out there and I'm actually so shy in public settings. 
She like, is. Like, if actually. I know you, I'll t- like tell you all my life, all my problems, everything. No problem. <laughs> but if you're new, oh my God, I just shy it away. Ilya's nodding his head, yes. Everyone knows all my problems. But like going out and just introducing myself is so bizarre. I can't even make eye contact with men, let alone having to go like meet a builder or someone be like, way. hey, here's me. Like, here's my card. I'm gonna, like, crap my pants. Are you kidding me? I was I'm the joking. same way. I was the same way. And I know it, it doesn't, I mean, people can't believe that I have terrible social phobia. I grew up with horrible social phobia. Every time I go out, still to this day, you know, if I'm at a mall and people are looking at me, I'm thinking, oh God, is there something in my nose? They're looking at me saying, oh, she's too fat to be out in public. You know, there's always something. I'm always thinking, oh God, why are they looking at me? Why are they looking at me? And it's taken years to get over it. You know, one instance, I remember walking down the street with my mom, and across the street, I saw someone that I recognized that I knew. And I said, oh my gosh, that's, you know, an old teacher or something. And my mom said, well, go say hi. I said, no, 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 no. Oh, I, I don't no. say hi to anyone I know in public. I know. Because what if they don't remember me? What if I'm waving and they're like, who's that? And and my mom called me a snob and said, you're so snobby. You won't go talk to people. I thought, I'm not a snob. I'm terrified. I'm like the opposite. I want to go hide. But that was kind of an awakening too, that... It, it's only in your head. It's a perception. And what's the worst thing that could happen? I'd say, hi. She'd say, uh, Do you want to get coffee? Uh, who are you? <laughs> and I'd say, oh, I'm sorry. Did you remember? You know, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, it was just nice. I just wanted to say hi. That would be the worst. And then it would be over. And she probably would never think of me again. Yeah. I mean, is that really so terrible? No. You know, it, it, it's, it's in your head. Which is why we're talking about this, because it's something that you're not alone. I mean, the percentage of people who are like, great, I get to go talk to new strangers and ask them to hire me. No one does that. Do you know how like, confident business people? <laughs> no, it's all uh, a facade. It's all fake. You, I mean, how many times we say fake it till you make it? So this is a little trick that I have learned to do and that you should do. And, and you know, when I teach my course, I'm always just... You don't have to worry about advertising right now. Just go talk to people. Tell everyone you know that you're a designer. Whether you've had your first client or not, tell everyone you know, well, I'm a designer. I mean, do you have the design skill? Can you help them? Can you make a beautiful room for them? If the answer is yes, then you tell people, well, I do interior design. You don't even have to say, I'm an interior designer. Well, you know, I uh, I design for a living. <laughs> I, I work on interior design. And you have to think of yourself as that persona. It's different from Nadia. You're Nadia the designer. Mm. I'm a designer. You know the beautiful rooms you've created. Like Sasha Fierce and Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we're talking. It's a persona that you put on. I mean, when I talk about design, especially when I was young and I was, I mean, I act, you know, a little more professional. I stand up a little straighter. I, I act more professional. Even though you know me in my real life. I mean, I'm as... Well, hardly. I hardly, hardly see you outside of work. <laughs> but you I know what I mean. Birthday, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, just laid back, relaxed. I'm I am not an uptight, stuffy person. I do that for the both of us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, so... But I have to put on the, that persona. You know, now I've got the years of experience to back it, so it's easy. But at the beginning, I had to pretend I was a grown-up. That's what I felt like. But if you can just make that step 
and just tell people, I, you know, I, yeah, I'm an interior designer. I love interior design. You know, I worked in, in Seattle for years and, um, you know, I just love it. I, you know, really like to focus on, you know, whatever you're, but that's it. And I tell you, tell three people, two of them are going to say, oh my gosh, I need your help. Can you come to my house? Oh, I'd love to work with an interior designer. Are you taking new clients? I mean, it's that simple. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it makes sense. It just kind of, I think getting out of my head and looking at, um, how do I say it correctly? Just thinking about just, it's that easy. Go up and say, say hi to someone. That's easy. And when I think about, you know what, I can do that. But when I just think of everything else and then I'm well, like, oh my God, and it's this and that. Okay. So here's the second phase of this. When I'm, when I'm one-on-one coaching with, with designers and, um, you know, I teach, you know, you have to have your environment set up for your business, for this new persona when you're first starting. You have to have an organization. You have to know what your vendors are. You have to know, you know, how you're going to charge. You have to know, all, you know, get all these ducks in a row. And if you don't have a piece of that done, it's easy to focus on just that. You can hide behind just getting those things set up. But if you can just get part of it set up, you know, you're, you're struggling with your moving. It's a lot of change. So I, I'm not hard on you right now for not yeah. jumping in and starting your business. But as soon as you move into that house and you get one little corner of the house that can be your office where at least you have, you know, your laptop and you have a place where you can have some folders, um, you're going to start. You're going to start your business because that's all you need. You can do this from the kitchen counter. You can do this anywhere. You know, being a designer, that's one of the most beautiful things about it. You don't need any capital to get started. You just need business cards. I mean, you just need to tell people and then you figure it out. You can take them shopping, which is my least favorite um, way to build your business. You can, um, you know, just give consultations. You can just give color advice. I mean, there's so many ways to just jump in to this business and start earning, you know, experience and a reputation and positive feedback. It doesn't cost a lot. It doesn't take a lot. It just takes that one little step to go tell people, yeah, I do color consultations. Um, you know, I help you pick out your paint, make sure that you have a whole color palette for your house and that each room flows. We call it color bridging, <laughs> all those little terms. That's all you need. You know, if you're starting from square one, especially if you don't even know if you want to be a designer, just test it out. You know, start with a friend. Start with, you've got family members there that there's got to be one of them <laughs> that needs a room redone or that you can give advice to. <laughs> She's shaking her head. No. no. Maybe they have friends or neighbors that need help. I mean, there's so many different avenues, but so yeah, you need to get it setting your, you know, you need to have some grounding. You need to have your physical space, at least one little place that you can get into your own head. And you can work and feel like a business person. You need to be able to feel like a professional. It doesn't have to be a big office or a storefront. The garage. God, no, please. Yeah. But something, and I know you, you'll make it all cute. It'll be gold and pink and um, it'll be your <laughs> little like spot. More like black, black and black. Uh-huh. So, but, so having your physical space and and then there's the emotional side of it, which again, you're going through a lot of change. You're going through a lot of, so I understand that. But if you can separate this business side and know this is your passion, this will make you happy. This is going to add to your happiness. And the sense of accomplishment, it's going to feel so good. It's going to start to heal a little of that emotional side. 
I already feel so much better. Oh, good. I'm kind of excited <laughs> to start. Ish. Yay! <laughs> but you know, when I talk to people, in fact, I just talked to um, a new designer this week, and you know, they'll like they'll buy the, my course and they'll get started, and then they'll ask me questions, ask me questions for weeks about. Well, I'm trying to focus on who my ideal client is, but three weeks have gone by, and I'm like, okay, no, too long, too long. That's that's a 45 minute exercise. If you're taking much longer, you're subconsciously doing it to yourself because you're afraid. There's something that's holding you back, and you're afraid to go out. And and I get it. I mean, our industry is really tricky. People don't understand. This isn't like. Uh, you know, an accountant or just a salesperson, we are being invited into someone's home with with the um, understanding that we have better taste <laughs> than those people, which is hard. You know, that's that's hard because I, I'm not a snobby person and I don't want them to feel like I'm better than them. I'm just a professional who's more experienced and focused on this one aspect of design and I can help them. But it's scary to go into someone's house. It's a personal space. They're hiring you. They're paying you for your taste, for your expertise, for your artistic talent. You have to decide how much that's worth and say, this is what I value that at. This is what I, I charge. All of that's emotional, but that really sinks into your psyche. So if, you, if you're having insecurities, it's going to come out. I mean, how can it not? Because there's so many of these little aspects of our industry and then, you know, what if you pick something that's ugly? What if you pick something to measure it wrong? What if it doesn't come in? What if they hate it? What if their mom hates it? What if their husband hates it? Or window I mean, treatments. I know. There's all these things. But but I always you just have to believe in yourself. There's no such thing as a furniture emergency. <laughs> you just, you know, take a deep breath. Every problem can be solved. Worst case scenario, you own up and say, you know what? I got to admit, I measured this one piece wrong. It's totally on me. I'm having it fixed. We're going to get it done as fast as we can. I completely apologize. I take credit for it. People respect that. That's all, that's the worst case scenario. That's the worst. So if that's the worst, look at all the other good positive things that you can. That's true. You know, look forward to. The worst thing is having to apologize. And I've learned over my, in fact, my son Ben, um, who's 22 and just so wise, <laughs> said recently. That he'd come to the conclusion that, you know, sucking it up and apologizing to someone, swallowing your pride is maybe 10 minutes of uncomfortable, you know, an uncomfortable situation. But in the long run, everyone is so much happier. There's a relief. There's a weight taken off your chest. You don't have to worry or hide or feel guilty or shame. You just own up, swallow your pride and apologize and move forward. It was kind of even eye-opening to me, you know, and... um I'm apologizing to my husband more <laughs> and admitting when I'm wrong, which is hard to do. But again, that's all in you. That's in your head. These are, these are years and years and years of being conditioned to believe that we need to be, you know, perfect or judged. We, we don't have to. You just do your best. You take it step at a time. If you don't know how to do something, you look it up or you call me or you email me or you, yeah. you know. Definitely call. I think it's also has something to do with – um just maybe not necessarily like the comparison, but just having um, 
like social media, those designers that are, I constantly see on Instagram and uh-huh. they're at this point, they're not even designers anymore. They're full on, um, interior, interior design, like content creators. Yeah. They don't work with clients anymore, but just seeing that, seeing all the work they put in, that gives me anxiety, having HGTV, having all these other things. So not that I'm comparing cause I'm not at that level yet, but uh-huh. just knowing, okay, what, like you said, I know who my ideal client is. I know who I want to work with and how, but just also like, I guess finding my own little like sliver within the competition and the noise of everyone else. And that also kind of puts me down in terms of just figuring out, okay, they're doing this. That's great. That's that. And then I see these pictures and I know how much work it is. Even the new McGee & Co. Um, Netflix show, like I refuse to watch it because it yeah. just gives me anxiety. Good. Because I know exactly how much work that is. It's not that easy and perfect. And I see how pretty and perfect it is. And when she has a staff of a hundred people, I'm like, yep, no. And I'm going to be a one man show for now. Like and clients with unlimited budget. Ugh, yeah. And that's the thing I really want to get – you need to really listen to me, okay? In 30 years of doing this, I have had a great career. <coughs> I've always had a comfortable income. I've been happy. I, I love my job. And I have built it on working with – I mean, you you see the average client here. It's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. They're in their 60s. Their kids have moved out. They want a nice, comfortable family room. They want something where you know they can have their their grandkids over. They just want to relax and make it pretty. They're not McGinco. They don't want. They don't have a hundred thousand dollars to spend. You know they have twenty to spend, and that's plenty to do a beautiful room and give you your design fee. You make a great living. You can do you know three of those a month. That is a huge career. That is incredibly successful. You don't have to go get these big clients. You know, again, it is a false reality when you see, you know, it's just like anything else on TV. You see the Kardashians. No one has that. I mean, Beyonce, I'd I'd kill to look like any of those people, but they have dietitians and chefs and trainers and they have to look that way. That's not reality. You can build an amazing business just helping families, just helping, you know, older couples make a beautiful living room. I mean, look at your clients, Nadia. They cry when they get to see their new room. Mm, And it's not a big, you know, $50,000 McGee & Co. thing. It's just their room. And it's so beautiful. That client was crying, saying, I'm going to do the ugly cry. It looks like I live in a magazine. Mm. That's what warms your heart. Yeah. You know, are these big, rich, I mean, are they really that? I mean, do they cry? And, you know, you can have such a meaningful career helping people have pretty homes. That's all you got to focus on. And I'm glad you don't watch the shows. I mean, you know, I watch just to see what they're doing and to see what's going on. I don't watch Chip and Joanna Gaines anymore. Yeah. Why would I? Like, yeah. I mean, I you know. I watch because it's interesting to see all the vendors that we use. I can yeah. spot it from a mile away. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting how they use that. Uh-huh. But I think, um, and I'm like notorious for being on like Pinterest for hours and on Instagram and everything. But after being like, this is my job. And I used to like personal shop for everyone and like look for things online. Now I'm just exhausted. Like the last thing mm-hmm. I want to do is come home after doing that and then to do this for fun. So I even took like a social media break just to like not yeah. look at it, but it's, it's too much. And then it like you said, it distorts your like vision. And then I feel like I kind of got lost in my identity of like, do I really even want this at this point? I feel like just kind of talking it through with you, I'm kind of getting back on track. Like, you know what? It's a lot simpler than I'm like freaking out in my head and overthinking things. Yeah. You can make $100,000 a year and have time to focus on your son 
time to focus on your family. You just keep it very systematic. Don't get too big. You know, you, you don't have to have this big glamour. You don't want the glamour. Yeah. You you mm-hmm. you know you don't. So quit trying to, you know, to live up to that expectation. You want to be a designer and make pretty houses. And even then, that took them like 10 years. Yeah. there. And a full, like you said, like a staff of 100. Yeah. No, start small. Just focus on your family. This is your career, your little business you're making. You don't have to have a store. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to have 100 vendors. You, you, you just need one client a month, really. Yeah. You, you don't want more than that because you also want to be at home with your with your son and you want to focus and go to church. And you don't have the time to live that lifestyle, nor would you want it. So so don't don't, you know, compare yourself to that. Yeah, you're right. Nadia well, Musper. I'm here. Oh, an interior design business. Well, I'm going to get with it and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys be up to date and maybe I'll even do a little vlog. Yes. As please. I'm starting everything. And yes, I wanted to I wanted to document everything. But I'll put a hat a on journey. because my haircut is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> It'll still be bad in a month. It'll grow when out. I, when I try to do the vlog. But. My dad always said the difference between a good haircut and a bad haircut is about two weeks. Oh no, not for a girl. <laughs> this is pretty freaking bad. Okay, we'll post a picture of her too. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um remember to keep sharing uh the just the the fact that we're doing this podcast. Um we're really starting to pick up sp- steam, which is great. People are starting to find out about us. We haven't really advertised much. So um, start spreading the word and leaving us comments and asking me questions and going to our Facebook page. Look at the first domain design market page and Instagram because you'll see me in action in my new store. And um, I've been posting weekly videos. So thanks everyone. And happy designing. Happy designing. It's good to be back. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcasts and Spotify, and soon you will find us on YouTube where we will upload podcast videos. So stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.